Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and on this podcast, we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights of the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is season one, 13 episodes long. Uh, this is Christopher Eccleston's one and only season of Doctor Who. Hopefully you've watched all the episodes that you can uh, be able to listen to this without any spoilers. The show is now available on uh, Amazon Prime, so you can catch it up that way because it left Netflix and Hulu. Just wanted to put that out there. All right, uh, we are here with everybody from the show and the previous episodes. Our episodes, not the not the series episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves. Hello, I'm Frank. Hi, this is Brian. Hello, this is Kelsey. Hi, this is Auburn. Hey, I'm Josh. This is Arlene. And this is Eugene. Um, and hopefully everybody hears our voices and connects us now with who we are. Hopefully they heard yeah, they should. <laughs> um, the, the DVD sets are also available now. I remember when these sets were first available to us in the, the United States, they were like $100 for one season. Yeah, uh, why? Because it's a, an import. Mm. It's a foreign commodity. Uh, <laughs> and they rarely went on sale. Yeah. But the moment they went on sale, like snatched them up. I, I don't remember, but I think I paid close to full price for the first season. Really? Because I wanted it. I don't remember. That first uh, DVD set has a lot of stuff on it. It's got commentary on all the episodes, so I think it's worth buying because now it's um, it's dropped down considerably. It's not $100 anymore. You can buy it at any retailer for about 30 to $40, which is normal. Buy it before DVDs don't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and it's a, I, I like the DVD set. It's... Uh, uh, Brian will disagree with me on this, but I like the packaging. It, it falls apart. Well, it also looks like the TARDIS. I think that's cool. So when when you get the original packaging, it's in a box, and you open it up, and... And all the discs fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Not on mine, but it's the TARDIS with the, uh, the Doctor and Rose on the cover. And Maybe then your mailman delivered it on a pogo stick. <laughs> I'm old school. I went to a store and bought it. <laughs> well, what a foreign concept to buy... DVDs for like the season of something. I still do. I still do. <laughs> you know, like people don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, it's not on Netflix. They just have them streamed into your brain. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the box of the DVD set, you open it up and it's bigger on the inside because the TARDIS is the exterior and then you get all the discs on the inside and it's the interior of the TARDIS with that, um, mm. that um, those arches and the console and all of that. And you also get um, Doctor Who Confidential on that too. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, Doctor Who Confidential was a supplementary show. It was a making-of show that aired oh. on BBC Three. So it was like Talking Dead, but with Doctor yes. Who. Uh, yeah, and so they, yeah. they filmed... Uh, it was a little making-of for every episode. And, oh, so for every They're episode. like an hour long. Oh, yeah, wow. they're pretty substantial. That's why so I'm it's recommending... it's definitely worth... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even yeah, they're if, really even fun. If, even if you've seen this first season with Eccleston over and over and over again, if you haven't seen any of that, it's worth the for sure. picking mm-hmm. up. The supplement materials are worth it, I think. Yes, and um, and the commentaries are really fun. Is one on, is a commentary on everyone? Yes, just like he said. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm just I don't listen. I just talk. <laughs> um, also, this uh, season was uh, shot only in standard def, so um, I, yeah, that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. They don't they they don't go to HD no. until 
Tenants specials. Specials, yeah. The and, second special of and that. And that first season, I think it might, it might be the first season of Matt Smith, I think, is in HD. And mm-hmm. it was before yes. they really got the frame rate right. And I remember streaming it on Netflix. And it had like a weird strobing effect. And I even mm. thought to myself, if it's, they don't fix this, I don't know if I can keep watching it. That's it, why you buy discs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> see? See? See what I did there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'll open it up to, to you guys. What do you what do you what do you think of uh, such verve? <laughs> what do you think of the first season? We just went through this journey well, together. I like I like to call this first season Eugene and the Quest for Blue Lights. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, they were worth pointing out. <laughs> if you say so. I just feel that these blue lights are a choice that it, it the way the ca- the camera captures them it kind of bugged me so I every time I saw one I wanted to point it out. The way the capture the camera captures a blue light, yeah, it's it's or really something that's lit with blue light. Is that what you're saying? The certain LEDs that they used it 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 registers differently on the cameras that they were using. Mm-hmm. It's especially prevalent in I think Boomtown when Jack has the the surfboard transducer thingy inserted into the TARDIS and it's lit up and it just like really glows and it's weird. It almost looks like um. A bad special effect, but it's not. Mm. It could just be the saturation, you know. Sometimes red is oversaturated. I'm just saying. I mean, there are a lot of blue lights. Yeah. Now that you point them out. Yeah. See, that's what I wanted to do. Make you not watch these and enjoy them. (laughs) Well, I also noticed in season one of Torchwood, Uh Jack has a microphone. Uh So when they talk to each other on the team, and at the end is a very, very, very bright blue LED and when you watch it on Blu-ray... It pops, doesn't it? it? Yeah. It's See? just like piercing. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to point it out, to make yeah. you um, enjoy my pain as well. <laughs> I'll back up, uh, Eugene, with a little technical stuff. I think uh, part of the reason why you see it like that mm-hmm. is because many cameras are uh, really geared towards the red color because that's your, your flesh tones. So blue is kind of one of those off, like it's not really meant to capture blue in detail. Yeah. So that's why you get that blooming effect where you lose all the Or haloing, detail. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's to me, it's almost as if they made the sonic screwdriver blue because they had a surplus of blue LED lights. And it works for that because it's special, but then they started throwing it on, like, the squareness gun, the, the whole mm-hmm. floor 500, where whenever we get there, all the... The walls and stuff are all blue. And... Well, didn't you know that alien tech is blue? It's just how it goes. It's like alien tech, blue. Everything's sad. <laughs> now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's discuss uh, Rose is our main companion, or is our companion, and she's our main character for this this season. Do you agree, Brian? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do they even, she's our companion? You mean not the well, main no, character? It's, it's, our main character. You know, Russell Davis and a lot of other uh, behind-the-scenes people say that if you watch this series, Rose is the main companion, the main uh, character of main Doctor character. Who. Yeah. It's not the Doctor. It's sort of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie's the the main character of that movie. Not Willy Wonka. Yeah. Not but, Willy Wonka. Right. Well, I guess the movie's but, called Willy Wonka, but... Yes, yes. It's, but it's this is called, you chart. know, so this is Doctor Who, and the main person that they focus on a lot is the companion, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because she does have the biggest character 
arc mm -hmm. for the series. You know, she just goes from the board shop girl to saving the world, the world, uh, in one season, which is good. Um, I don't know. I kind of wish they focused on the doctor because it is, he's well, the title character. Also dole his information out slowly about the war and yeah. Like if, if, if we were with him too much, he wouldn't be so mysterious. Yeah. And also the doctor is, even though this is a new regeneration, the doctor is established. So his character arc, yes, he changes during this series and he's damaged in the beginning and he's healing by the end. But his character arc isn't as, as great as Rose's. As significant, maybe? Yeah. But also so using Rose as our point of view. Yeah. For all the people who are new. We're the eyes into the... To the whole Doctor. Yeah. And to see what... And even those of us who know the classic series, you know, we get to see now this new Doctor. We know about regeneration, where yes. she doesn't, and at yeah. the end gets totally shocked by it. So but, the purpose is, you are Rose, and you can save the world with the Doctor, too. Mm-hmm kind of thing mm -hmm. kind of that alluring point. yeah and i mean i get I the appeal say. yeah people really gravitate toward her in this you know some of the other companions seem to take over mm -hmm. you know further on down the line right rose didn't seem to take over from the doctor it wasn't just rose's story he did evolve he did change he had a lot of characterization yeah so you know that might be was yeah i might be looking at this from the benefit of nine seasons in yeah, because if you just look at that, like when he's he, even at the very end before he changes, he says, uh, you were fantastic and so was I. Whereas if you look at the season knowing what you know, the beginning of it, he's in this really dark, bad place, even though he was being playful in the first episode. So she actually helped him appreciate life again. Right. And while at the same time, vice versa, but then she also has the storyline with her mother. She has the right. storyline with Mickey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's, she isn't, she isn't, she even has a, a bit of a storyline with Captain Jack. Mm -hmm. It is the first time that the companion's family are so predominant yes. in yeah. this. Yeah. Her family, her mm -hmm. life, her friends. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to bring the audience in, in to be able to relate to this crazy world. And that was one of Russell's, um, I was going to say tenants for the, <laughs> for the series. He said he always wanted it to be anchored with earth. Mm -hmm. Because he says you write an episode about, you know, Viridian 3, who cares? Mm -hmm. We don't know those people. They're all made up. They're mythical. But if you bring it back to Earth, everyone can relate and everyone can fe have, have feelings about it. So he wanted a connection to her family. He mm -hmm. wanted most of the episodes to, in some way, affect Earth. And but I think it aliens, really does. I think he accomplishes that. I do, too. Yeah. Yes. But a lot of the aliens, they write so well, Jabe and all those, that you still care. You want to know more yes. about their planet and where she came from. So I think they did at least focus on those aliens really well. I mean, yeah. not to combat him, but it's like, yes, I understand his premise. He did both very well. But it's like, okay, you could well, take this out there. You can go a little bit further. It's probably just really in his mind to make it very approachable or real, you know, the emotion, very emotionally realistic. Yeah. And he, you know. Because he was, he was in a very tricky position at this point because the BBC, yes, they committed to it. But it was very risky. Mm -hmm. They didn't want it back. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, when it went off the air in 86, 87. 89, it, 89? Maybe 89, yeah. Something. They really wanted it yeah. gone. And who was that doctor? Uh, Sylvester the, McCoy. Sylvester McCoy, yeah. And the irony is, is that his episodes had just started to get better. Is he the little guy with the hat? Yeah, and the umbrella. 
Right. And the, the jumper. Qu- the question mark umbrella. The question mark yeah. umbrella. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the movie did not help bring it back. Right. No. Yeah. It was a time. So it was a big, big risk, a big, big gamble. There's a lot of weight on his shoulders. So I think his decision, at least for the first series season, to root it with Earth and, and have a connection with a companion's family was a very smart idea. Absolutely. Yes. It worked. Um, when I read about this behind-the-scenes background stuff, Russell wanted to... Or he, he, he drew from inspiration... Or he drew inspiration from uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer, with the big bad being as, um, as an overarching theme or an overarching villain through one season. And he also drew inspiration from Smallville. So In which way? That I don't... There's not much on that. He just says he did. No. <laughs> um, going back to the Doctor and Rose... Uh, it's definitely more prevalent as far as the hero's journey with Rose's journey as a character. She goes from ordinary girl, like Brian said, to savior of the world, where I think we're, for me, we're joining the doctor in the last half of his journey, if you take the hero's journey as a as a journey, because he's already reached the lowest point in his life, and so now he's going back and seeking redemption. So that's why his arc is a little more simple and not as roller coaster like peaks and valleys if you will with rose and Um, with the doctor's journey mm -hmm. it's interesting because that could satisfy both uh classic Mm -hmm. who fans and newcomers so you know a classic fan is intrigued going what happened to him Mm -hmm. and you see him rebuild and for a new viewer you're just there this is just how the doctor is and something bad happens and so he's trying to move to forward. Yeah. And also, I think Mickey also has a, a good character arc in this uh, yeah. season. Even in just the season. I don't remember him getting to that place. I didn't remember him getting to that place in this first season. I just sort of remembered it overall because he even keeps getting better and better. But to, to just doing this podcast and just watching it again just this season... He does get to a pretty good place. I just remember the first episode. He's there cowering oh, on the ground, plugging her leg. <laughs> Very cartoonish. Like, he's come a long way from that. Um, yeah. Well, you guys didn't like Mickey in the first episode. <laughs> I didn't get to be a part of the first, our first episode, talking about the Rose. Um, but I, I always liked Mickey, and and I enjoyed seeing his character develop into something more. Because it's it's true. The first episode, he is just kind of there. But I I still liked him in the first episode. Can you can you like expand more on why? Uh, yeah. I don't know. He's just a good guy, I guess. I don't okay. know. He seemed like a good guy. Good boyfriend. But he for stank. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, feels... he was funny. His comic relief. Oh. But he was extremely loyal to someone who seemed kind of like didn't care at all. Uh, yeah, I, agree. I agree with that. Him. No, yeah, I agree with you on that. <laughs> like, but in some ways, that that is real. Yeah, you know, that happens to a lot really of people young. in life. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, and not just age-wise, but they didn't have a lot of life experience, so their life was just their city where yeah. they were at. That was the extent of it. But Rose is mean to him. She is. We agree. I like, agree. And he comes running when the TARDIS comes back, and then she's like, "Oh, hi, you're here." He's like, "I knew it'd be you." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, yeah." We have to save the doctor. <laughs> like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> well, but she does say to him in that episode, I didn't need my passport. So she does want to see him. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, 
the world starts to come apart and she kind of has to go back to the doctor to, to you know, yeah. stop the world from exploding. Uh, what well, is an interesting thing. They, they talk, they get more into it as the seasons go on, but like when they say death follows the doctor, like, uh, you know, is he, um, inserting himself into a troubled situation or is he actually caught? Like if he wasn't there to begin with, would some, some, a lot of this stuff even be happening? Does he tip the domino more than not? These questions and more. I'm trying to think of this as this. We'll be right I back. see your point, but I think in this series he doesn't. And you mean in this? In, like it's not his season? fault. Right. Yeah. 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 And I said series again, didn't I? That's all right. That's what they call it. Oh, deliver international television shows <laughs> for the 12 years like I do, and you'll say series. Um, I cannot, like, maybe Boomtown is his fault. No? Because. Because she was there with her she, plan yeah, anyway. She was there. Yeah. So. I don't he think he was a butterfly wing. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I think I he reacted think... and he contributed. Well, so, and then, some of, yeah. you know, the, the empty end. child? Because no, well, Jack kind of followed him. Yeah. Oh. Because he wanted to lure someone, someone uh, yeah. to come so that they would purchase. He could do the, the con. So if the doctor wasn't. There at all. There at all. It would've, it would've, it would've, Jack wouldn't have gone to Earth. Yeah. And aren't there other episodes where the the antagonist was actually trying to capture the Doctor or do something? Or, Not in or this season, but him. yeah. Like the, with the Master's story arc, would all that bad stuff have even happened if he wasn't trying to kill the Doctor? We're talking about season one, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to that later. I'll reprimand myself. What, what is this <clears throat> Master that you speak of? <laughs> Uh, I, I got a small question. Uh, sure. That uh, how long, how old is this incarnation of the Doctor? Do you think nine hundred years? He says nine hundred. No, 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 no. Like how long was he the ninth oh. Doctor? That's up to, to debate. debate. Yeah. But because watching it just this season seems like oh, so he was like this guy for a few months, but then you think about the time travel element and then all those adventures that Rose, that Clive tells Rose about. It's just, but then when you actually watch the series past that first episode, it doesn't seem like he did all that much outside of the story. Yeah, that's, yes, that is mm -hmm. an ongoing debate. But I think it, I think most people have kind of come down on the side of he's recently regenerated in the episode of Rose. Right. I agree. But how much time actually happened for him in between then and when he became the 10th Doctor? Was it just this screen time of, oh, of of that we saw him with Rose, or were there times sort in between? Of, sort of because when Rose was well, hanging tenth, out in London and he was off doing other things, like he's it's it's really it's really it to, to geek out. It's upsetting to me to think that that the Ninth Doctor only lasted for about ten months in the universe, or whatever a year. Well, yeah, and it might be that that's true because he. Says he's 900 years old. Right. And in the uh, Titanic episode, which is the beginning of season, season four. four, David Tennant says he's 904. Oh. So at that point, they are going year by year. Each season how, is equivalent to How many to years year. was Tennant there by then? Three. Mm. So it is less it's than only around like, a he year. He does say that it's about a year. That the Ninth Doctor showed up. You know, knowing about his ears and things. Yeah. The first episode. So it was recent. Yeah. And every time they come back, they're talking about after Boomtown delivering her 
um, oh, what's her name now? I can't, Mar- Margaret. Margaret. Thank you. <laughs> Delivering Margaret. And they had one stop, I think, after that, but then yes. they get pulled Kyoto. off to the Yeah, games. there are other adventures so going on. They're continuing on, but, there's, but not for long. It seems like not for long. There so might be a few little things. Like that maybe about done. a year. Maybe. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. You know, which but and, but the thing is, just because of that, those two lines of dialogue. Yeah. Just because he says he's 900, he could be rounding. Yeah. You know, if he's 896, he could just say I'm It 900. also does make a little sense. Oh, I'm jumping ahead, too. I was going to talk about River Song, but... Stop it! Uh, <laughs> I'm looking back, not forward. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, I was just thinking about that. Okay. We don't have a definite answer, but it's... You know, up for you to decide, I guess, and how you feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I that's, agree. It, you know, that's it, kind of what I like about it. Yeah. It's it's in definitive. It's mysterious. And either way works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, if you, it you know, does he, does he go with Krakatoa and the Titanic sailing before he meets Rose, mm-hmm. or okay. sometime yeah. after? We can always rationalize anything, but yes. how I rationalize it yeah. is that was before he showed up with Rose. It. You know, when you go mm-hmm. through depression, when you have something this horrendous that he did, as humans, we would watch Brian's song, you know? <laughs> oh. Exactly. You know, Piccolo, oh, oh, that's terrible. We would watch or The original. Story. Okay, the original. Story, we don't know. Um, we, you'll get into movies and we need a good cry. We need to get that release. And I think at some point... He started getting back into traveling, but he went to the places that were Titanic. He was going back, back when you go to Krakatoa, the ones which were still the sad parts. But he started coming back out of his depression with that, with helping that family and not having them go on Titanic. Right, little things that he would do, but not the major, not saving anyone else. Mm-hmm. He was just helping this one little bit. He was getting his feet wet coming back, and then when he came back with Rose, it was all this fake. Excitement, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily fake. You know, it's it was you trying know, to convince himself. Fake it to make it kind of idea. Himself, it's like you're putting yeah. it on, getting there. But when he would get confronted with what happened, and Rose is saying, "What's happening? Why are you sad?" He would pretty much shut it down. It's like I can't go back there. I can't think about that right now. I'm trying to be myself again. So I don't think it was very long that mm-hmm. he was this incarnation of the Ninth Doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have been, he's gone through a few things, and now he's, like, realizing where he's at. Oh, I do have floppy ears. Now I can get into who I am now. <laughs> who is this new doctor going to be? Oh, all right. Okay. Because to me, it always does go back to, he, he has to do all of those adventures without seeing a mirror. But, mm. no, he doesn't. He just doesn't, doesn't care. care. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't care mirror. at that point. Like, he hasn't even oh, thought Oh, I like of... that, too. Because I always had it, my the little other theory, way, when, yeah. that it was right. brand new. Yeah. From when, oh, it travels, as a space, spaceship, it goes now. away completely, and then when it comes back, he's done the all the other ventures. And, and, and again, even within my own brain, I can have it both ways. You can have your cake and eat it. I can. Too. That's anyway. a time travel <laughs> thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to uh, Christopher Eccleston as the doctor, as the ninth doctor. Um, in 2005, he won the Most Popular Actor at the National Television Awards and the TV Quick and TV Choice Awards for Best Actor. He was also voted the Best Actor by readers of SFX Magazine. 
And then he was named Best Actor with 95.42% of the vote uh, in uh, bbc.co.uk's online Best of Drama poll in 2005. So people really liked Eccleston mm-hmm. as the doctor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of sad to see him go. But his um, departure was also released or leaked early. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Really? Yeah. It was during The Unquiet Dead. Oh. Yeah. So the third episode, people already knew that he was leaving and David Tennant would be the new doctor. But that's also a testament to his acting mm-hmm. because he still got, he still won all those awards mm-hmm. and he got that much in a popularity vote with people who knew for 10 full episodes that he was leaving. They, yeah. they still liked him that much. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he, in a post 9-11 world, he definitely brought something to the doctor with that sort of even survivor's guilt, but not so much as, let's say, the Man of Steel. That's a good point. The whole, I mean, because it was only a couple of years after uh, September 11th. So just the fact that the idea of survivor's guilt and stuff like that was still f- that fresh. And also, too, I think it's a testament to him because his outfit was so pared down mm-hmm. that it really was all him. There were no gizmo, besides the screwdriver, there were, and even that was very subdued. Minimal, yeah. Um, so there weren't any trappings that made him stand out like a, like a silly clown in a good way, you know, like Tom Baker or or, or the other fellas. Um, so it was him that made it. I'm about to repeat myself. I think I made my point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for I like sure. Him. It's just he becomes this like charming type person. Which is weird because in anything else that you've seen him in, he's usually like a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for him to be so charming, it's like, wow, I really like you. So Makes me sad. Let's and he took and he took the role seriously to himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciated all the humanity is great rah rah speeches that mm-hmm. we got oh, yeah. this season mm-hmm. and. It, Watching it, it made you feel better mm-hmm. about yourself and what you could be capable of doing and how you could impact the world for good. Yeah, it really, this particular season, and like I said, you know, when we first started the podcast, where that this is where I came in and I didn't know much about anything, that really was very intro introspective. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, it really made you think about yourself, like a lot of the speeches and a lot of the different episodes and, and him and his performance, how he would be all, you know, reasonably goofy. And then he'd switch to be so poignant. Um, of course, it's the writing, but his performance, it, it, it worked and, it, you know, it would make me think a lot of times while I'm watching, like, yeah, you know, that's right. And it would, it really drew me in emotionally. Now that you talk to some of those you know, exchanges, or do you want to answer that? First? Well, I was going to say... That's exactly right. It, but that writing in the hands of a, a bad yeah, actor, actor yeah. would yeah. be terrible. Oh, absolutely. It would, it would totally become Cheesy. farce, cartoony. Well, even that and, moment in with, with Jabe where she says, and he just, he's not, he doesn't even say anything to her. He just, mm-hmm. he started, he was a single tear, whether it was placed there on his face by makeup or not. Uh, I doubt it. But, um, you, you know, he didn't have to do anything. And it just, it, brought it to a very real place when he's talking to a tree lady and for me it's at the other end of the season uh when he goes he's on the dalek ship and they run back into the tardis and he shuts the door and the daleks are firing and saying exterminate and he leans his head up against the door 
and you can hear the Daleks firing. You can hear them say exterminate and some other things. And you can see the pain on his face. He doesn't have any dialogue. You don't see Rose. You don't mm-hmm. see Jack. It's just him with his head up against the door. And you can see the pain where he's like, it was, it, my people are gone for nothing. And he conveys that in a look, mm-hmm. not even to camera, just up against the door. And you can feel the pain. I love that moment. And not a lot of actors could have done that. No, no I, I totally agree with you. Sorry, so Frank, you were going to say? I thought the writing throughout the season was great, and there's some exchanges that I really liked. When the doctor is telling Rose about the Earth and what he feels the Earth moving and rotating, mm-hmm. how much he feels of that. Um, his exchange in Dalek with the last Dalek and him being the last Time Lord, and they're still battling out about your race is dead and so is yours, but I'm, you know, I thought that was a great exchange. Um, with the blue light, don't forget. <laughs> yes. The blue light stock. Well, what's some others? Um, the empty child. That was one you really liked when he's talking about. Oh, yeah, the Upper Britain speech. Oh, yeah. I just, I love it. And the it just ends with um, uh, until one tiny, damp little island says no. Mm-hmm. No, not here. A mouse in front of a lion. You're amazing, the lot of you. I don't know what you did to Hitler, but you frightened the hell out of me. Go on. Do what you've got to do. Save the world. That's great writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something you said just also made me think about. I always like when this doctor f- started to figure out what was happening. When he figured out the, the clue. The of, bad wolf? Of, oh, no. Just about anything. Oh, anything? Like about every episode. Like when he figured out. Oh, I have to, you know, uh, Rose's father has to die or whatever. You just like the, the, the thinking on his face, like the other doctors, you know, went, you know, kind of Shazam when, when they figured it out where, but he, he, the fact that there was something about the, when he started to figure things out, uh, that I found very compelling. I'd have to watch mm-hmm. it some specifically again to, to, to really understand what I'm thinking right now, but it's, it, it definitely came up and I can kind of see him start to figure things out a lot. And Frank, you said with a, this doctor, he likes the process. Yeah, he likes, sort of he likes his figuring it out. He likes mm-hmm. he likes going through the steps. And it's like, and there was one episode of the podcast where he was saying that suddenly you can see on his face that he's happy because he has a mystery, and mm-hmm. we are going right. to solve it now. Mm-hmm. And he's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he does like sparring, you know, with uh, Margaret in Boomtown. Yeah, which is like, you know, I can't be nice. I can't change. I've let somebody go. You know, and they're just sparring back and forth in the whole part. And he's, you know, um, yes, yeah, because she fr- she smiled, has freckles. For some reason, you let somebody go. Because um, once in a while, on a whim, if the wind's in the right direction, you have to be kind. And she just comes right back with, only a killer would know that. You know, mm-hmm. so she's mm-hmm. calls him on it. It's great banter, and it's figuring it out, and it's playing mental chess with mm-hmm. each other in this episode. So. Another example of the writing mm-hmm. and the actors complimenting each other, because that scene... That's the dinner scene. Yeah. And that scene starts off silly. Right. With the, like the cute zoony yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Car- yeah. Very cartoony mm-hmm. with the sound effects and the darts. And then you get down to here where only a killer would know that. Yeah. And the look on Eccleston's face where it's like she scored a point there. Mm-hmm. She, right. she got him because it's true. Yeah. Just speaking about everything coming together, I think it's one of those things you don't even realize how... Uh, well this season works and comes together until 
you get farther into some of the later seasons that are are airing now as we record this, I think, where there's a little bit more of a disconnect. I know Kelsey and I stopped watching or took a break watching some of Capaldi's work just because as uh, writers changed and as actors changed, um, it stopped having that, that good gelled quality of everything coming together perfectly. And you don't realize that until you go back and rewatch these first seasons where, yeah, the writing, the acting, even though the VFX may be not top notch, like just everything came together with the camera work and editing and music. But yeah. if you've got a good story, you yeah. can, for, I, at least I can, I can forgive a lot of bad special effects. I don't really even care all that much. No, it definitely transcended. Uh, but I did think it, one of the overriding theme that they really wanted to insert into this season um, is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we had silly. Which mm-hmm. season? This season. This, season. this the season. one we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. The one with this death Season pole? one. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's still fun. Because I don't know about that. Well, we because, had a lot of death in yes. this season. Yeah. This is fun. But it was, that was not fun. Down. I have some written down. <laughs> yes, let's, Clive, let's honor Dave. all the lost <laughs> yeah, characters. Yeah. Let's take a moment. A moment Go silence. ahead, Frank. Clive, Jabe, Gwyneth. The complete British cabinet is gone. <laughs> That's no big loss. Don't forget our space pig. Our little space pig is oh, yeah. passed away. All right, you got me with that one. Uh, that stupid scientist Simmons, who was with Van Staten. Yeah. Um, oh. uh, the countless security guards. There's Suki. Um, Satellite <laughs> 5. Satellite 5, yeah. She was a rebel. Yeah, 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 I know who she is. <laughs> you looked at me that way. Uh, Mr. Cleaver, nobody remembers anyway. <laughs> he was that uh, scientist for Boomtown no. who's telling her there's something wrong with this. Yeah. <laughs> what about the, the guy on, but, but, sat on the, the, the second episode, the blue guy? Did you mention him? Oh, yeah. The, the uh, over Ruffalo. No, I didn't. And the steward. Ruffalo. And, and, then, the and then the plumber lady. See, there's too Look, many. But, there's so many. Linda with but, a Y. Or, and Roderick. Okay, but wait. But, <laughs> well, but my point is, especially if you compare it to current seasons. Okay. There's just as much death in the current season as the first season that we're talking about now. But like, I'll even take your list. You know, you talk about Clive dying and that's sad. But what led up to that? Clive had a really good fun. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Nut. Nut. (laughs) Who was right. And the way they do it is a lot of fun. You know, and how Rose plays off of that and how that affects Rose's actions yeah, later on. Yeah, about fun TV, not the Yeah, this is fun, fun TV. This is, you know... You but can... also introducing Jack in, you know, when he comes back in the other, some of their episodes. Mm-hmm. He's having fun with the whole banter with him and Mickey at the door. Yeah. You know, who are you? What do you want? We're not taking any, you know? And <laughs> just you can see that the trio there of the mm-hmm. Dr. Rose and Jack were having fun. Mm-hmm. Whatever adventures they had just come back from, they had mm-hmm. fun. And they have now all these in-jokes between them. You know, it's, it is and I'm also different. Thinking, it's, it's not all sad. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, because I'm, I'm also going like, like Gwyneth. That episode is, is, is dark and sad. Unquiet Dead. Yeah. The Unquiet yeah. Dead. But I also think that that episode is also a lot of fun, even though. Because fun oh, isn't yeah. necessarily ha-ha. It's got ha-ha. ghosts and zombies. And it's got ghosts and zombies. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a fun time watching that episode. And part of the fun is getting sad when Gwyneth sacrifices herself. So it's not that I, I don't mean fun in like this is comedic, but it's fun in that this is an enjoyable show. You know, it isn't one of those things where you reach the end of the episode like, you know, 
half of the episodes of Battlestar Galactica where you're going, I just can't go on with life. <laughs> you know, it's like you watch an episode, you're done with it and you go, I can't wait to see the next episode, but or, I, <laughs> or I can't wait to rewatch the episode that I just watched. That's what I think this series has a lot of episodes like mm-hmm. that, where these, you know, the, a lot, a lot of, you know, well, I was going to say a lot of people die, but not in well, the world war two episodes. Cause just once nobody dies, but you get those payoff moments where, which those kind of moments don't happen as often today. Hmm. Fair enough, yeah. Well, I mean, the example of uh, the Unquiet Dead, Charles Dickens is at the end of his life, but yet he's inspired. And to me, that's fun. Yes. It's acknowledging that bad things happen. Yes. There is sadness. It's not constantly having the only thing that there is. Yeah. It's not the theme of the show show, is not sad. Right. It's a show the other part still has weight. It's still going to be happy. It's still excited about life knowing that some bad things are going to happen and you can't avoid that that's part of the package rather than just being so depressed all the time of it being <laughs> so horrible so. since we're looking back what's something we got or we realized going back and watching this season that we didn't realize in 2015 like where we were now that we've re- recently rewatched it like i the thing i got out of it the most was i realized how much i like chris eccleston i think the more I talk about it, the more I think he's my favorite. Hmm. That's cool. And I didn't really, whenever I tried to think about that up until then, I was like, well, I'm a 10. And I, and I really, really fell in love with Matt Smith during his run, more so than I thought I would, because I liked him the least when he showed up. <laughs> but by like the middle of his run, uh, I was really digging it. And when he, I binge watched that, his run. So like, I didn't get a lot of him calendar wise like everyone else had him for a few years i had him for a couple months so i was like oh he's gone already uh, but uh but watching this for the podcast again made me realize that nah eccleston's my favorite he's up there yeah eccleston's been my favorite yeah i was just sad when he was regenerated i was like oh it didn't have that same emotion <laughs> i feel like he had such emotion in his facial expressions that I think brought a lot to the doctor, but it's okay. But what I did realize, uh, we were kind of talking about it in the last episode that I didn't mention is when Rose steps out of the TARDIS to come and save the doctor. And she's like, of course I'm going to save my doctor. And I don't think Rose said that. I think the TARDIS said that. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought that too, when we watched it recently. So I was like, oh, that's just interesting. I'm like, you know, Rose doesn't really have much at she that point. It was the yeah. TARDIS speaking through her. Yeah, because uh, Rose only had the co- one doctor. Uh, combination. Because I think Rose does think of this one as her doctor as well. I think the TARDIS is definitely there. You know, that's the big essence. I, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with you that Rose doesn't see it as her doctor. But I feel like at that point, it wasn't. She, that wasn't really Rose. She like was. Rose, didn't, Rose didn't really save the doctor. It was the TARDIS that saved the doctor. No. Well, I, I can see what you're saying, but I don't agree with it. No, no, no. You know, it's like I can understand that, but she continues on and she's the one who can't handle it and is crying and it's like too much in her head. So she's there. She's present. She's part of it. Yeah, but it's also, it's both are there. I think it's, it's being, yeah, that's I, what I think saying. it's a little bit of both, but. 
I, I, but it's the last just my not liking Rose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this last time I watched it, I did think I did realize that part of it. It was a little aha moment for me. I think when you watch it at different times, at least for me, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes you think it's Rose, sometimes you think it's the TARDIS. This last time, I felt it was the TARDIS mm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that where the TARDIS got my doctor from? No, I think the TARDIS always... Well, at least from what we... (laughs) Never mind. He just slapped himself. (laughs) I have to say, to Josh's question, I watch watch Doctor Who all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it hasn't... There's never been... No revelations. There's no real gap. What has been, for me, is this podcast. Mm -hmm. Because I love hearing different ideas, especially ones that I would never think of. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, I know there's been a couple with Arlene and Kelsey where you guys have brought really a different perspective that I never even would consider. And I find it really intriguing, especially on like Rose, you know, how you, you know, I know. I like Rose. I don't know what Arlene's problem is. (laughs) But that, that's been, that's caused me to do a lot of thinking Mm. and almost, well, I will, when I watch these again, it's going to be different now mm-hmm. because i'll be i'll have other ideas in my right. head now just because of what we've all said in the podcast mm-hmm. frank you said something uh towards the end of the podcast run maybe a few episodes ago i can't remember what it is now i have to listen but um that a lot of us were like oh i never thought of that you had some different perspective on something I always have a different perspective <laughs> yeah, right? on things <laughs> but yeah just, noticed, just, he's, he's, just to what you he's were mr saying. contrary yes no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> anyway, one of the Any- things that I found um, that I noticed this this time around new I noticed rewatching season one. There we go. Mm. Was um, noticing all the potential companions, and I don't know if that's something that continues throughout. It might, but for me, going back and rewatching these and seeing all these other people, that if Rose wasn't there, that mm-hmm. the doctor would be like, "Oh, hey." Why don't you come with me? We just like, we just solved this together. We just, or, or sometimes some of those potential companions died. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking if Rose wasn't there, would they have survived? Would they have lived and then gone to like more adventures with the doctor? But instead, since we already have the companion, they had to be sacrificed for the story or whatever. But that was, that was fun to watch these and be like, Ooh, they would be a good companion. <laughs> and Linda would name some, go through some of them. Oh, well, Linda like, with a Y, Lin- well, Linda, Linda with a Y, she was set up for that. She was written for you to have that reaction. Mm-hmm. Russell was intentionally, that he was trying to, to throw off people thinking that the doctor was going to die, even though people knew that Tennant was coming on board. Yeah. But he was trying to write the episode to kind of like, wait, maybe the doctor isn't going to die and maybe it's going to be Rose. He was really kind of like... Like Rose was going to be the one leaving and that Linda with a Y was going to take over. So she was written expressly to put that feeling in. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't get that the first time I watched it. It was only watching it through the lens of like other previous episodes, seeing potential characters yeah, I don't or know. P- potential companions that I noticed that Linda Y would make a good yeah. companion. I would have liked Jade to be a companion. Mm-hmm. I wanted Jade. I mean, to they be couldn't yeah, come back Jade to Earth again. for a while, which yeah. doesn't fit in with the season one that could, Russell well, wanted. But I think she would have been a really great companion, and you could see a lot of different worlds with them. Mm-hmm. They could have put a perception filter on her. We wouldn't find. 
There you go. <laughs> Not the same. You have something? <laughs> you have something? Oh, me? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, was something about you were saying that, oh, when you go back and watch it, you knew that, bro, like, Billy Piper, right? Mm-hmm. You knew that she was on, so it didn't even occur to me. That, you know, uh, right. You weren't watching it. Watch. You're not gonna think she's leaving. It's be, not oh, yeah. live. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So some things. I, I don't remember what I thought during that episode, but I don't have much to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had Suki and Kathika, but I think Suki, who was a spy, who was trying to actually get information on who's running Satellite Five, I think she would have been a better companion. Than Kathika. 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 Who's Kathika? The, the, Which one was that? She the had the big hole the, in her head. Yeah. The one on, oh. the one on Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She seemed like she was going to start like being some sort of... I mean, they, she finally somebody. got her mind open. Kathika. Figuratively. But even at the end. Suki was already I mean, even at the end. I don't think... I think Suki could have been. But I don't think Kathika... I wouldn't put her on the list because even at no. the end, she doesn't change enough for the doctor. He's already pretty much written her off. Well, I think she, he also leaves her there to fix things, sort of. Like she's yes, the, he she's does. She's the seed of germination of change. Yes, he does. And if he really liked her, he wouldn't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who was that in that same episode, the the guy who traveled with them? Danny. Uh, Adam. 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 Uh-huh. Right. I think also what, we, what I um, saw in this rewatch of this season was that not everyone is cut out to be a companion of the mm-hmm. doctor. Think, and yeah. you notice like it takes a very special person like Rose to continue to travel with the doctor and um, just take in everything that they're seeing and still want to continue. Mm-hmm. And do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That was the problem with Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it's think it's a great responsibility to be a companion of the doctor. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and I don't think Nancy would have gone with him if he had asked. Nancy from Which was World Nancy. War II. World War II. Well, she had oh. a child to take care yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That like, was another one, potential Nancy. Yeah, she was a good potential, but, but her responsibility yeah. was to the here and now. There's too much for mm-hmm. her to deal with now. And it would, I think, for her, feel selfish to go off on an excursion and on an adventure mm-hmm. when the reality for her yeah, is right. taking care of the other children that so are around. So sometimes to be a companion of the doctor, you have to have also not so nice qualities like selfishness. Yeah. And that's what Rose has yeah. in abundance, some people might say, <laughs> where like she's so dissatisfied with the normal, boring life and we that come back it to continues Mickey. to... Um, <laughs> That's what sometimes drives her to continue traveling with the doctor. Mm. I, but I want the doctor to go and find Nancy in like 1970, right. <laughs> you know, where her little boy is all grown up and he's fine and everything's okay. And he says, okay, let me show you. That's I would I like want. that. I would, yeah. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. Not Nancy during World War II. You're right. She has too many responsibilities. But um, Who would you guys say is the most tragic character in this series season run? Is this? it... Um, Guinevere? Gwyneth? 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 Is that, that's from The Quiet Gwyneth? Dead, right? Gwyneth? Maybe even Pete. Who? Who's Pete? Dad. Oh. Well, Rose's dad. dad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm. No, well. Just because he, like, accepts Clive. that he has to die? Clive. You know, I think it's... All right, well, we'll, who would we'll you think? Uh, I think it's Gwyneth. Mm. Yeah. That's from The Quiet Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because she led this really teeny small life. She was somewhat abused by her boss. Yeah. Who she lived with, 
And then she basically, the moment, the minute her world opened up and she got some balls, she sacrificed herself. She didn't like live a life. So I thought, I think it's very sad. But she didn't know that she was going to die. It doesn't, yeah, but so. Well, okay, well no, but she, she thought she might die. She thought she might die. She knew it was dangerous to do that. He even said, you might die, I think. You know, and she realized the importance of it to save the world. And, just, and then it was just creepy how you realize, oh, she's been dead for like, a f- right. for like 15, 20 minutes now. We didn't even realize it. They've been like talking through her, and that was creepy. Just, uh, well, I really <laughs> brought everybody down, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. I know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that question, that's why. I would say it's, for me, it's between Gwyneth and Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, Pete, to continue my uh, answer, is that it's sad to see him, like, get this thing, this almost gift, and then know that he has to die. Okay, but it's not an almost gift. He is given a gift. No, he, yeah. And it's a great I mean. gift, and it makes him okay. And he still gets and to do, he still gets to save his daughter. Yes. Yeah. On purpose. Plus, he gets to see her. Grown up, yeah, and that she's okay, and that she's okay, and she's with him when he dies, yeah, and that his death has meaning, right? Yeah. And Gwyneth doesn't get any yeah, of that. She doesn't, she doesn't even, get, and like you said, Frank, she may not even have known she like that she was about to die when she did. Like she's not even aware that what she did even worked. Ah, oh, so sad. Yeah, so well, well, yeah, for, go towards <laughs> her for my vote because that well, for is me, more tragic. For me, Pete, because he he knows he's going to die, and then willingly going to his death, you know, rather than like not knowing. But it wasn't a heroic act of dying. It was he was meant to die, and but he got something extra yeah. out of dying. But I still think it's sort of heroic, like any sacrifice. But for I himself? Still, I still think it's, it's heroic. It is heroic, yeah. but it's also towards the end. It's like the rest of the planet is pretty much gone. Everything's gone. There's nothing left this is the only do. way to yeah. fix it. It's yeah. not just jumping in front of the bullet. To try and save someone else. It's like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Either you die or we all die. And that's, so his rationale is different where it's not just trying to save. It's, no, this is the right thing. This was, was what he has to, to do. It's, but he also doesn't, but he doesn't doubt it though. It's like once he figures no, it, once yeah. he figures it out that's what I and like that's about where him. the time comes. It's like most of the world is destroyed just because they don't know what to do. But once he figures out what he has to do, mm-hmm. he basically just says his goodbyes and does it. Right, which is heroic, which is, but I don't think that's as tragic as Gwyneth. Oh, I agree. I thought you were... I thought that was our battle of which one's more it tragic. Heroic. It was heroic, and it was like, yes, you have to do that. I thought you were that, saying it wasn't heroic Sorry, enough. no, that's not what I okay. all meant. No, it was heroic, but what he got was extra time to say his goodbyes. Yes. Right. And what Gwyneth oh, I'm with got you. was nothing. Oh, yeah. Like She had a pretty crappy life. Oh, yeah. She didn't even have anybody to say goodbye to. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just used I know. for her gifts, <laughs> and then yes. dies for her gifts. Yeah. So it was like, well, maybe she died because just to end her misery. Could I will be. say, Pete. I don't think she was in misery though. I, I mean, was that was really the life. Sad when she was talking to Rose and telling her like she, but the stuff that she said. I think it that's more her. the time period. Yeah, exactly. yeah they were all expected. sad, but still doesn't yeah. make her any less it sad. Just because more people, she had misery in company, but she wasn't. You know, being whipped. 
physically she wasn't she wasn't emotionally was, whipped but it was more the time period it's like this is as far as she can get with her upbringing and with her background it's like class. there was a lot more which class which is also systems, tragic which is still tragic well from our point of view it is <laughs> yes. it is but it's not tragic you know but her death was tragic in that she's trying to help and she like you said her mind was just starting to open up and she right. just started mm-hmm. to see other possibilities and so she's trying to do the right thing and you don't realize five minutes later that she's already dead and yeah. she's already sacrificed when I, so when I rewatched this it, episode, it really hit me like, oh, my God, this poor woman. But if she I mean, if there weren't zombies running around, I think Gwyneth would have been content. Well, yeah. Happy? She, no. But no. content? Yeah, I think she would have been content. That's what I was trying to say. That's, yeah, that's because that was the time period. That was the lot in life that she was born into. You know, the the Undertaker's not particularly happy either. Does he survive? No. Yeah, they get them, don't they? Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I think, you know, okay. and, and like you say, I mean, it's it, completely tragic because the moment she is exposed to a greater world and seems to, you know, her initial reaction is to, uh, you know, get away from it where she's telling Rose, don't think like that. But then Rose just, you know, does kind of like, well, wouldn't this be good? Mm-hmm. So her mind is being opened. Yeah. And then, of course. You know, the doctor brings death. <laughs> and let's says. not forget Van Staten, whose mind was erased and left on the city streets. But that's more just. Coming yes. from the <laughs> highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Were you going to say something, Kelsey? Any I was going to offer up as a tragic, or what was your question again, Who do you think the most tragic, tragic character okay. is? I would like to offer up for our discussion uh, the most tragic characters in the season being Mickey and Jackie. Because they have to deal with Rose choosing the doctor over them, and they have to, when she does come back to visit, she talks about how mundane their lives are mm-hmm. and how they can't see the big picture. And so they're, to me, they're like Mickey loses his girlfriend to the doctor, Jackie loses her daughter to the doctor. And I don't know, that's kind of tragic, I think, to me. That's and, pretty tragic. And um, don't forget the missing year. Yeah, you weren't right, you weren't there for that like episode. Thought but... that she was missing mm-hmm. for for a year, and they but had Mickey to killed deal with her. That. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he was yeah. he was under he was suspicion, accused. right? Yeah, but um, I think in the the next seasons that we're gonna watch and discuss, like um, some redemption to their mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what their characters are dealing with right now, they, I feel they get redeemed in the next coming seasons. Um, but yeah, so just interesting. Yeah. If we're talking yeah. about tragic characters, I think Mickey and Jackie's characters are pretty tragic this season. Yeah, up to this, yeah, like you said, up to this point. If we're just looking at this mm-hmm. season, it, then you're right. I don't know if I would call them tragic. Well, this is where Rose causes the tragedy. Yes, right. Yeah, well, I guess I mean, if you think tra- it's because someone's actually dying, but I, I do think the fact that they're living, the the, the most important person in their lives is almost out. can care less about them. It yeah. seems, and that's sad. But they. They, the two of them, um, for the most part, express their opinions they on do, that. Yeah. So they're not just taking it. No. You know, so. And by the end of the season, they've come around to help her. So yes, the doctor may have taken her away, but Jackie shows up with the truck to open up and help Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Mickey's come around to trying to do it with his little car, which didn't have enough <laughs> horsepower. Well, again, it's like the wake of the doctor. Like, he saved the universe, but now all his people were killed or locked away. And in the wake of Rose helping, like, everyone's life, the, the, and, and the 
doing something good leaves a wake of bad things. Yeah, he does yeah. damage. You know, and through Rose's decisions, Jackie and Mickey's lives are damaged. But they're a lot more interesting than they would have. Been. True, but I mean that also brings uh, brings to my mind the um, Aliens of London and World War Three. I was not expecting to like really dissect those uh, upon watching yeah, them again. The, so that was yeah, one of those surprises. Remembered. That was a big surprise. Yeah. Uh, going back over this season and what we've rediscovered is it that took me a how while. good those episodes yeah. actually are. It took me a you, while to you, uh, formulate an <laughs> answer to that question because I was just like, what? Could how I? much good is in those episodes? Let's yes. put it that okay, way. That sounds better. <laughs> yeah, because overall. If they got rid of the gas, yeah. then I think yeah. it would have been elevated to a lot better of an episode. Yeah, because yeah. they, they tackle some like really deep stuff in those issues. Uh, episodes issues they tackled issues in those episodes <laughs> and you know maybe the prime minister's aide is the most tragic figure <laughs> yeah, I know. or the tony blair lookalike that never got the show they, 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 <laughs> he's um, just a body in what world. i got from rewatching them is how much detail they put into the writing and into the shows oh yeah and the idea of when rose in the second episode end of the world calls back to jackie Mm-hmm. And just the way she's talking about getting the lottery tickets and that they called back to before the episodes in, you know, what happened in Rose. I thought that was a great bit. How much I did not pick up on mm-hmm. Bad Wolf near the beginning. Yeah. It wasn't until later on when they're really just kind of, hello, this is it again. <laughs> but Speaking of Bad Wolf, do we want to do the breakdown of where each um, yeah, sure. mentioned? Frank, you want to take that? It's, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> it the first one was at the end of the world, the second episode. And where? Um, Mox Balhoun was talking to Faisal Bo in the foreground, mm-hmm. you know, talking about as a bad wolf scenario. Gwyneth uh, sees the bad wolf in Rose. The, the, the big bad wolf. The big bad she wolf. sees it in The Unquiet Dead. That is correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we go to Aliens of London, where there's a graffiti on the TARDIS. Right. That one's obvious. And in Dalek, where the helicopter play, uh, pilot comes down to venture... Uh, blah, 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 excuse me. Attention all personnel, Bad Wolf 1 descending, about the helicopter. Helicopter, yeah. Uh, the Long Game has Bad Wolf TV, and over the Bad Wolf channel, the face of Bo announces he's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day has some more uh, writing of Bad Wolf on, in graffiti on a poster. The Doctor Dances. This one I did not didn't that, see. This one's harder. This to, one's yeah. really hard. It's where Jack is on top of the bomb, and it's written on the bomb. In German. In German. Oh. So I had no clue about that one until doing some research for this. What yeah. is it in German? I don't remember. Um, and it also Bad was wolf a, in German. Schwetzer Wolf. From what this is saying. Bad Wolf Nine. <laughs> That's Bad Wolf No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Boomtown. The doctor notices, of course, uh, Margaret's the power, power station is Bladrug. Then. Uh, in Bad Wolf. It's the title of the episode. Is the title. And also, I think that's where it all would originate. Because we had this discussion of, did she come up with this term? Or how did Bad Wolf become her catchphrase, right. catchphrase that she sent throughout time? And I think Bad it Wolf really was Corporation. the Bad Wolf Corporation. And, she just, and so she saw those words. And those are the words uh-huh. she chose and picked and then put through time. Yeah, yeah I agree and with I that. And I scatter them. Because it would lead them back or lead her back to that place in time right. because the Bad Wolf Corporation is there presently. And in Parting of the Ways, Rose realizes the significance of the message written now, through all the time because how to get back mm-hmm. to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's also not the last time. Well, that, did you know that was what I was going to ask? I mean, I know it's not the last time, but is it as prevalent? No. 
no. going out. No, because no, oh. we're done. Well, also, what they did nicely that I know some people had talked about is they have kept Bad Wolf going since you put it throughout time in uh, season two and in further seasons. Oh, okay. They have references to Bad Wolf. Right. And they even reconned it. So, and that's why, some. because she's like a ripple in time, it goes in every direction. Yeah. Right. And in the, uh, the invasion, let's see, which one is this? Pa- uh, Patrick Trotton's 1968 the story. The second doctor. They put it in because they found some um, audio. And so they cleaned it up and then they added a bad wolf reference. Get out of here. Well, where well, is that even, where did that but, air? But the thing is, with early, early, early Doctor Who episodes, they don't have them all. Right. They're, they've just, they've, they're gone. I remember you telling me about this. So, because there's truly lost episodes in this series yeah. because it's so old. There's like nine episodes up until, up till now, there's nine episodes that are missing. Okay. Um, and so what they've done is some of them they have audio for. Uh-huh. So they've made um, animated. Oh, and where are those? On the DVDs. Oh, the DVDs. Yeah. Another the reason to buy the DVD. And uh, yeah. and on one of these, on the it's, it's on the animation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's on the, yeah. Right. Yeah, so on the uh, on one of the backgrounds of the animation, oh, it cool. says Bad Wolf. I was just going to talk about the current season, and then I guess I can't. Yeah, there are eight more episodes <laughs> coming up that reference Bad Wolf. Yeah. This remind. I'll just say that this this is all reminding me of Clara's first, our first realization about Clara and who she actually is. Yeah, like Carrie. That. It's scattered right. through time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Clara. <clears throat> Whatever. Well, piece of trivia. I was watching a movie the other day. I I I I I am'd Eugene when I saw it, but. The actress who plays Clara is one of the girls in the first Captain America movie mm-hmm. that they are... Um, this date uh, at the expo. Uh, the when they're on a date expo. at the expo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were all going to... Aw, thanks for keeping up. <laughs> Could have humored me. So, oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, no, really, really. Oh, that's so cool. I need to watch it again. <laughs> uh, so season one ser- slash se- series, season one, season whatever, <laughs> consists of 13 episodes, but it's amazing how, to me, that these episodes are very connected, and it's almost like 13 episodes is one episode. Mm-hmm. How know? many two-parters are there, or more than getting one to, Getting to that. Ah, so... Um, the first two-parter we get is Aliens of London and World War Three, which then connects to Boomtown. So it's like a sort of three-parter. Mm. And then the ba- uh, Bad Wolf and the Parting of Ways is this two-parter season finale, but it also connects back to the long game. Mm. So I remember us, while we were going through this, we were wondering who is setting up the humans to sort of fail or not be where they're supposed to be in the long game with Adam in Satellite 5 and Floor 500. And then we find out that it's the Daleks in Bad Wolf and the Parting of Ways. So it's, it's a, to me, it's, it's great that Russell was able to like string these episodes together, both as standalones and yet as, as a whole. These, these are all part of the same story. And, I and think, it's nice that it gets tied up at the end. Yeah. It doesn't leave us with unanswered questions so we're not, into the next. Yeah. So we get our answers and we're not lost. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where he got it from Buffy Buffy so the big interesting bad. you have to have a good balance mm-hmm. so each episode has to be able to stand alone thank you for saying the balance because in some of the newer episodes we don't get that balance I agree yeah <laughs> anyway um, uh, like we mentioned before that they were they were going to film a alternate ending to throw off I guess 
the news mm-hmm. or who, the reporters uh, as far as Eccleston's departure was concerned as the doctor. And for the longest time, the reasons for his departure were that he didn't want to do the silly things that they were making him do. Yeah, he had a disagreement with the production team. And, yeah. Why do you say for the longest time? Has has new information come out? The the real reason is, yeah, recently, Mm -hmm. he didn't like the way the uh, the below-the-line people were being treated on the show. Mm -hmm. Because that's a better reason for him to say. Yeah, it just makes me wonder why it took so long to finally... Well, because it's bad-mouthing people. Mm. It's basically saying that yeah. certain people aren't treating other people right. And, yeah. And I mean, that could make it... And also, it's kind of the same reason. He doesn't get along with the producer. True. Well, producers. yeah, there you go. True. So, I just think it's funny how time has sort of, like, in the beginning, it was sort of this sort of rosy color. Not rosy, but, like, tinted way of looking at the departure. And then now, as time has progressed, we look at it through a different lens. But mm-hmm. still the same story, just... Like kind of what we're doing here, we're tackling something that's familiar, but looking at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A For si- those who don't know, the below-the-line workers or below-line people that Eugene <laughs> describes, those are your everyone besides the director and producers and actors. And like, writers. And writers. Yeah, so like all the, the others. So your costumers, your grips, your PAs, cameramen, PAs, your gaffers, PAs, your catering. PAs. Yeah. I guess change. they were having to work like what, like just really long hours with no overtime. I, I don't remember the details. Know. I don't think they said the specifics. It could be a plethora of things. Yeah, yeah. They're just not being treated well. I mean, the sad part is that's rampant nowadays everywhere, even here in America. You know, it's just it's a very difficult uh, show to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, probably that too, because even though it was a lot of attention, it, I, who knows how much money was put into the show this this new incarnation might have like you said like they didn't think anything was going to come of it so they were you know uh, an underdog put you know and Mm -hmm. the above the line people who did who were hands-on who were more attached to it like they were very passionate about it and maybe they did put in a lot of extra hours that they weren't getting paid for all stuff but you know Joe, you know, workman has to go home and do make sure you know tucks his kids in and this is just a job so, and I think a lot of times, a lot of above the line people expect every worker to have the same amount of passion, even, you know, but those people, even though they're not getting overtime, they're getting paid a lot more right. than such and such. And that's been the union minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Um, anyway, for the union <laughs> I kind of found it sort of tragic back to that question that like Eccleston has sort of been ignored after he left as the ninth doctor. Is that by his choice though? As well? I, I don't know, but I think that's his, it, it is, but it, you know, I kind of felt sad that that happened. Very sad very... When, he... <laughs> when he didn't return for the special league. True. And that was his but, choice. Yes. Yeah. But I also don't, I mean, he was considerably older I think more. Like he probably looked more different than everyone else. No. All the original no, doctors, so. though, they came back, didn't they? Mm, or yeah. a lot of them? No, no? not for the sh- the oh. show itself. Not for the oh. show. No, I was talking about the special with the three doctors. Yeah, yes. Fiftieth. But John. he was yeah. he was offered that. They wanted him in that. He said no. Oh. He- and Stephen Moffat has been quite vocal in the fact that. And, you know, if you are a former doctor and you're asked to come back, just come back. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and I think well, he's yeah. talking, I, I think in that instance, Stephen Moffat is talking from a fan's point of view. Right. You know, if nothing else, do it for the fans. Well, the These thing- are special episodes. You may have had your differences in the past. Right. You know, it's you kind of like, you know, come back for a special. Yeah. But I, I just think that's a sad, you know, like we, I do we, think we, it's sad. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of the reasons behind it sure. or. But in it, a way, it kind of, you know, he, it's kind of cool in the way of he did it. He did his job. Like he brought, he brought the world back to Do- or Doctor Who back to the world. Yes. He's the one that got us into it again. It's almost like, you know, one and done, like. I'm at, you know, it's almost, he's kind of Fonzie in that way, even right. with the leather jacket. Like, he does, the fact he's not coming back makes him even cooler to just, it's, no. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got the war doctor instead during that episode. Well, that's well, quite ahead that, in time, but it's, yeah. it would have been nice to have him back. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, to see him as a contrast with Matt Smith and David Tennant that would have been fantastic. That would have been great, and, it, and I kind of want that. It, it <laughs> yeah. felt empty in that spot. And even just recently, I mean, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been more... He's been more... Open to doc, his Doctor Who days, yes. I guess. Yeah, for the very first time, there's actually video on the internet of him talking about the Who days. Is that with the little boy? Yeah. There, yeah, yeah there, well, there, the... The autistic. Oh, yeah, sorry. He's not a little he's boy. He's not a little boy He anymore, was a little boy. That was, freaked yeah. me out just alone that that kid, that guy was 10 in 2005. <laughs> and now he's this adult making and now films. He's... But in case you guys don't know, there's the uh, there's a film on YouTube of a uh, autistic. BBC but, intern? But, uh, what do they call it? High-functioning? Int- yeah, high-functioning autism. I don't, I don't Asperger's. Mean, Asperger's. Asperger's, which and is a form of uh, autism. It's and and he's he's he makes films now, but he loved Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, and he actually sat down and had an interview through a BBC internship with Christopher Eccleston, and it was that it, 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 it comes and up. A, it comes up. Yeah, he's like you were my the, the and, re- and what I loved my favorite part of the whole thing was Christopher says, "Oh, you were one of mine," and he cries, and it's kind of like, it, okay, good, it's there. Because be- even before that, there was he made a video to a fan with a I want to say terminal yes, illness. Yes, who was and he was he was playing the doctor talking to that fan, and that's like one of the first times we've seen him do that since his departure. Yes, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's like the wound is sort of healing. Sort of, yeah. I hope it would heal some more, so we can have that fabulous U-boat Captain Jack oh, back. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, before we move on to yeah. the stats, mm-hmm. even though I brought it up, uh, I remembered one thing. I know pretty much everyone here probably would want more episodes with Eccleston um, in the long run. But I think having the regeneration end of the first season, I think, helped the show. Yes, in the I, long run. I agree with that too. Even because though it we don't, it is yeah. it it solidifies what Doctor Who is, and Doctor Who has always been about the Doctor and not the actor playing the Doctor. So the Doctor changes through time. Huh, how funny! Um, but he's still the Doctor, but he has different personality traits with each incarnation. But that is what the show is. It. Injects new life every so, so often. It kind of gave us everything in that one. Scene. Yeah. Yes. And had, it's like, say Eccleston had gone for three or four years, which seems to be the average for a doctor, he really would have gotten very much um, entrenched it, yeah, it in, in it. It would have been 
uh, he is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. He is the show. Mm-hmm. So when he finally would leave, I don't know if the show would have survived that. Yeah. Yeah. So to yeah. have everything happen in the first season with a regeneration, just to say to the audience, this is still the Doctor. Mm-hmm. This is still the Doctor, and the Doctor changes. Mm-hmm. And this is what the show is. I think that really, in the long run, for all of us, it hel- it was eleven for- years later. It was for the good, yes. the greater good. For, it was for the greater good. Yeah. Now, though, eleven years later, boy, Stop let's go make eleven years let's, later. <laughs> let's let's go make the second season of Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him on the Titanic. Let's get James Cameron, and you know, <laughs> and all those blue people, <laughs> and we can and we can and we can see him swimming underneath Leonardo DiCaprio, pulling him down. Right. So you were meant to die. You're meant to die. <laughs> Onto the stats. There's Rose in that movie. <laughs> a different type of Rose. Um, so we have all um, ended each episode with a... Um, I don't know what you're talking about. With a um, <laughs> question <laughs> of would we recommend this to a person who would be new to Doctor Who? I believe it's called a new Who viewer. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of interesting how the very first episode that we reach where we would all of us at the table would say yes we would recommend this is the empty child which is episode nine it's the first eight episodes the first eight episodes uh were all torn or were all unanimous against so (laughs) this is funny this is the first season and yet for the majority of this first season we would not recommend it to a new viewer I, 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 a lot of times when we ask that question, I think of a new viewer who's skeptical. Because hmm. I was very curious and I wanted to watch it. And even as silly as that first episode was, I, I dug him and I dug it. But for someone who's skeptical, that's how I looked at answering that question every week. Well, as someone, I was someone who's very skeptical. And someone asked me this week, well, how did you get into watching Doctor Who? <laughs> And I was like, I kind of feel like I was forced into it because <laughs> I was shown the episodes that were really good. And then I started watching it from the beginning. So it was... And Eugene is just pushy. That's true. <laughs> like, I'm going to come yeah. over and you're going to watch this. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, for a lot of TV series, the first seasons are always kind of rough. I always give a show three... Episodes? Three episodes. Oh. And then that's why it's a rare show and a special show when the first episode is really, really good. When the pilot is actually just as good, if not better, than a lot of the other shows. Well, we almost got the pi- We almost got the episode Rose as a unanimous yes, but we had one holdout. Let's have a guess who that would be. Me? No. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. And it wasn't? No. Frank. It was Frank. <laughs> I didn't get to vote. Yeah. yeah. What would yes. you have said? You, said you would have said yes. yes. So it's still, so. the stats yes. still are true. I think I it just yes. shows that we all have different yes. ideas and what we maybe like. Maybe no, no. I would say no. I'm with Frank. <laughs> no. Thank you. I'm like, wait. Because I think I voted yes on episode two. Too late. I, I've already written this in pen. Can't yeah. change it. <laughs> so you would so, be a no? For, I think I was in the middle. You, were, you said yes because it's the pilot. If I'm, I'm pretty sure that you were, we were like, well, it is the pilot. I, w- I must have been convinced that day. Coming, yeah, <laughs> look, coming in cold to that episode, it just seemed a little too childish in some of the uh, execution that they had. I just remember Jackie, I think she just dropped her bags, hands actually up in the air running, <laughs> waving her hands around yeah. when all the autons were attacking. It just had that. But now you know that is how Jackie would react. 
I oh, don't know funny. anymore. I'm the Jack only one changed. that liked End of the World. You are the only one. No, but not liked. Oh, because okay. this isn't liked. This yeah. is recommending, and that's that's because well, that's, that's a distinction first, as an introduction. Introduction, and introduction but I yeah. still like it as an introduction. And we like a lot of these episodes. <laughs> just not no, that's that. the first one. Well, some of these intros, some of these episodes are my favorite. I mean, I really, and I'm I'm kind of in the minority, but I really like Boomtown a lot. But I wouldn't show that. Yeah. Just like we have you want to have the history of mm-hmm. what happened yeah. in the other two episodes yeah. dealing with and, you and like, like it Margaret. because of those other episodes. And like I mentioned know. about the the two Sladeen first Sladeen episodes, we had a lot to discuss about the good points of those episodes, but we wouldn't recommend them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, That's right. the For whole the first idea time. of Hugh, a standalone Hugh, episode. Yeah, so if you're watching it, it's still a great standalone episode, but because of the story arc that he has over the whole season, there are some things that you really need to know mm-hmm. to watch that episode, to really get the most out of it and understand what's going on. <laughs> but to your point where you added the skepticism, mm-hmm. I didn't. So when you'd say, you know, a, you know, for a skeptic, mm-hmm. that if we specifically said to a person who was skeptical, Different. I'd probably change some of my answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Rose. I would probably say no mm-hmm. to Rose because of the silliness. To a skeptic. Mm-hmm. But I just in my head was thinking introducing this to like a nephew who's 10 mm-hmm. or a person who, you know, I have friends at work that I or like Eugene. Eugene's a great example. I know Eugene. I know what I know what yeah, Eugene likes. Yeah, there's a certain type of person who will be willing to accept certain right. things. Mm-hmm. And... But then I have other members of my family who, you know, couldn't be caught dead watching Star Trek. Yeah. That's why I don't talk to them much. <laughs> I would never. Right. You right. Know. Yeah, yeah. I've never watched an episode of Star Trek. Get out of my house. <laughs> None? None. Ever? Ever. Okay, what episode do we recommend? <laughs> Pause this podcast. One, to, one to beam out. <laughs> All right. This uh, graph here, um, are we going to make that available on our website? Sure, we could. Yeah, to, we could. Yeah, sure. be a good idea. To be able to look at. I like that I idea. Do remember I, I wanted to change one of them, but we can't because it's on actual paper now. <laughs> no, no, it was written in pen, Eugene said. But okay, you but know what? If I we're mean, going to do that. But then... wait, wait, wait. But I remember it's Arlene who told me. Uh, what and, episode? End of the Unquiet, World? Or no, Unquiet, Unquiet Dead. Dead. Mm-hmm. You convinced me yes. to change my vote. Yes. So I do to have a no. a. no, to a yes. No, what? you're yeah. no. Maybe it's End of the World? I don't know. Um, no, yeah, to, uh, yeah, so it's a yes. She, she wants made to me make it a yes. My... I'll check again, but I... I, I gave it a no, but after talking and hearing what she had to say, I wanted to change it to I yes. think what you said was, you're making me reconsider, but you didn't yeah. officially commit. I wish there was mm. a way we could go back and listen and to <laughs> what I did. I did. That's the point of <laughs> no, no, at the time, but now it's like, no, I did want to change that. I have to tread carefully with him. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Back in time. Oh, wait, wait. We're backing it up. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so we're going to do that then. Let's. Okay, so Kelsey for Rose, you're a no. I don't know. Sure. Okay. Go there are no ishes, and that's a quote there. from you. <laughs> you said there's no ish. Plenty of issues. It's it's yes or no, black and white, just like real life. <laughs> so we're filling in the brackets. All right, of I the stole that joke from Will and Grace, but it's appropriate. Uh-huh. All right, Arlene, you weren't here for kiss. Aliens of London and World War Three. No. I yeah I knew that, <laughs> I knew that was going to be easy. No, we figured. No hesitation. No. And Kelsey. I I haven't watched them. I would the have Slovene to watch ones. them. The, the Slovenes. Um, I guess no. With Harriet Jones. No. 
No. Okay. And then uh, both of you were also missing for Father's Day. Oh, that one was good. Mm. Remember, it's not if you liked it or not. It's I, can a recommendation. I, can I come back? Of course. Yes. It'll, my, no, I'm my, sorry. It must be done now. You guys will <laughs> know what I said when you go to the website and look at the, Ooh, I like the thing. So I'm not going to say For Father's Day, I would say yes. Because yeah. it's like always a thought in your head that you want to go back and fix something that was bad. And I guess it doesn't matter who you are, sci-fi watcher or not. That's something that... They all have regrets or something. You want to yeah. see. If you and it is an that. encapsulated, more mm-hmm. standalone mm-hmm. episode. And it's also really good. <laughs> and you don't even have to ask me about the other one. Boom Down? That's yeah. a no. Yeah, still a no. Yeah, probably a no. Which one's Boom Town? I can never remember. Margaret. The Slovene. The first or the second one? The second one. second one, because the first one's Aliens of London. Technically third, but yeah. But, yeah. It's the, the taking conversation yeah. one. The one that it's the, the player. Yeah. Very good. My Just dinner My dinner, My dinner. dinner was Slovene. Yeah. And it was okay to watch it after I got into Doctor Who, but it was just kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Slovenes oh. were just kind of cheesy for me. Understood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we're not going to re-debate the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but we are... So that makes Boomtown a, a unanimous yes. no. Um, so, but just, you know, interesting. Well, Rose, because it has so much history to the other episodes. You can't just start yeah. with that. Yeah. Rose, the pilot episode, um, there's, uh, all yeses except for Frank and Kelsey. The end of the world is all no's except for Kelsey, who's a yes. I still stand by that. And I, you know, Please, the more I thought about it, and you watched that for the very first time, and you were like, "Oh my god, it's this episode! I have to watch Doctor Who." Please comment and let me know <laughs> so I, I can be validated. I also had my doubts after that one too because I thought about our ten-year-old mm-hmm. nephew going, "He would love that episode." And I said, "He'd be fine." Yeah, he'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Unquiet Dead. There are four no's and three yeses. Four no's. Four no's. Are you a no? Uh, Arlene, Arlene, Eugene, and Josh are yeses. The rest of us are noes. Not for a first Great time. episode, though. I was going to a yes, but I can't change it. <laughs> uh, Aliens of London and World War III were all noes. Uh, uh, Dalek, this was kind of interesting to me. There's only two yeses, Frank and I. Everybody else is a no. And I think Dalek is one of the strongest episodes of the season. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. I'll have to re an episode to see why I said that. But you don't like Daleks, Arlene. I don't like Daleks, and that's why I wouldn't recommend it. It's just yeah. because I don't personal like them. It's a personal thing, yeah. But still, it should be a yes. But it's a good episode. <laughs> it, it is. But it is surprising there's only two of us. You know, it's not even a majority. Mm. So Frank and I are right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the long game, we're all knows. <laughs> I think and, I, one and I just like to say one last time, episode. what do you mean? Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes of ours to listen to. Yes, our podcast. That podcast <laughs> is great. Uh, Father's Day is, well, we have one abstention still. Um, but the rest of us are yeses except for Eugene, which is a no. And I remember Josh fighting me on that. Yeah, why, but, why is it a no? Because to me, that episode carries a lot with it. And I'd like the person to like, get to that point instead of just watching that cold that was my personal uh, reason for that you want to have history with rose and jackie and jackie and know the child mickey who he is so when he runs up yeah because it's you get a little more invested I yeah think that's what you had said that's what i you want i want them to have those moments and not I just agree. be I, I also think that's why that episode can work on two levels it could work on the level of just watching it fresh and what you said 
Understood. And then after the long game, the Father's Day episode of ours became one of my favorites. <laughs> we referenced so many things. There's so many references <laughs> in that. Uh, and then Empty Child and Dr. Dances, both are unanimous yeses because they deserve it. Agreed. <laughs> uh, Boomtown is a unanimous no. Uh, Bad Wolf is majority yeses, but there are two no's. Arlene and Josh are both no's on that. That's because it's the finale, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's the beginning of the finale, yeah. Right. And there's Daleks. Daleks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you can all see where that's going. Uh, and then Parting of the Ways is all yeses except for one no, who is Kelsey. But Parting of the Ways is a two-parter, and we changed that. We changed Yes, so the, it doesn't live up to the expectation the... of the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this is... I, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised that we didn't get a unanimous yes until later in the season. Just because Which how... Which one was the one? The empty... No, the empty child. Empty child, child. yeah. And, but it... Because it is, you know, first seasons are rough. Yeah. But that that we have some really split ones. I'm still surprised that Frank and I are a yes and everyone else is a no for Dalek. But that's, you know, that's right. what makes this interesting. And mm-hmm. what's really interesting is that... Um, that that there's so many no's in this, yet we all really like Eccleston. Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. that's surprising too. Because it isn't, you know, the question wasn't, do we like it or not? Because, you know, everybody does that. I'll, I'll, and, and I kind of think in the way we discussed the episode, we're answering that question. I will say that I don't think any of the skepticism that anyone I think would have would be at, at all because of him. Like, I think everyone would, even a new viewer would like him. It's just the world they may. Yeah, mm-hmm. some happen. of the episodes, some yeah, of the stories. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to point out that in The Unquiet Dead, the Star Trek Next Generation episode that we mention in there is uh, the, called Power Play. We never figured out what episode that was. And in uh, Dalek, I incorrectly mentioned the long game as being the genesis of that episode when it's really it, it was luckily kelsey brought it up in the long game our episode and then uh baron von strucker is the marvel agents of shield the oh, yeah. reference villain that we never kind of got our our brain around we always kept saying von staten but it was baron von strucker wow and i also wanted to correct one mistake of mine which the fanboys would probably kill me for uh, in Parting of the Ways, when I thought that that was the Doctor's first kiss. To, of a com- to a companion? To a companion. Uh, I'm wrong. Because in the TV movie, the Fox TV movie, with... Um, the McGann TV movie. McGann, oh, sorry. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The McGann TV movie that aired on a certain network. Um, <laughs> he kisses his companion there. There's a romantic... There's a romantic element right. to that story. And, and the reason I didn't think of that, because I don't think of that as classic... Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So yeah. that's how we can you kind want of to reason mention, though, like McGann and his run and what the. Oh, uh, we'll 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 get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So there, that... there might be some Who classic mm-hmm. on Who New. Anything else? I think that wraps it up for series one. Would we recommend series one to us? <laughs> <laughs> Just <Yes>. kidding. <laughs> I I can assume that yes, we would recommend series one, mm-hmm. season one to somebody who's being wanting to be introduced into Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So Start with episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us, and um, hopefully you'll continue on with us in this journey to rewatch Doctor Who. We will see you all when the future becomes the present.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. You can find his work at theuniverseexplodes.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All of our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest-running sci-fi show in history, and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain.